This is episode 12, Fantasy Injury Analysis with Dr. Natwa. Good afternoon. Welcome to Flying in Sports, where we fly around nationwide talking about what's going on in the sports world. I'm your host, Joey Polizzi. Unfortunately for today's special episode on Monday, Kostas will not be able to join us, but he will be back for our, regu- our regular scheduled episode on Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Flying in Sports underscore podcast. Welcome to our special episode on Monday. In this episode, we bring in fantasy injury expert, Dr. Natwa. Welcome, Dr. Natwa, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Joey. Really excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. It really means a lot to us here at Flying in Sports. Yeah, no worries. This is one of my favorite things to do, so. Yeah, thank you again. In this episode, we asked Dr. Natwa for his fantasy football advice on some of the biggest injury question marks going into the 2020 season and if we should pass on certain players in the draft due to past injuries. Okay, you ready, doctor? Yeah, and just right, a little bit, of back, little bit of background on me, why you guys can listen to me is I'm a fellowship-trained sports medicine physician, so I do a lot of football coverage. I encounter a lot of these injuries regularly, and I actually have uh, Instagram at Fantasy Docs on Instagram, so you can check me out there. Yeah, definitely go give him a follow on that. He, he has some great posts and some great advice for all you guys in, into fantasy football. So now let's move over. We're going to start with quarterbacks here. The big quarterback, Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's 38 years old. He's entering his 17th NFL season. He played two games last year. He's coming off elbow surgery. Is this a, is this a risky pick to take? He's going quarterback 15. Is it a risky pick, all of his past injury history? I do think it's risky. Uh, the reports are that he's doing great and he's throwing well, but – He's had a really weird offseason, and throwing well doesn't really equivalent to game-time performance. He's also pretty old as well, too. He's well over 30, and uh, he had a really interesting elbow surgery. It's not the typical UCL Tommy John's injury that you hear with throwers. It was actually some tears to the tendons that attach a lot of those wrist flexor muscles, so responsible for a lot of strength in that forearm. I'm not really sure how well he's going to recover from it. And his supporting cast is really lackluster compared to previous years. He doesn't have AB anymore. And I think people forget that he was a pretty lackluster fantasy QB before AB was there. So uh, I don't know. I'm not too high on him. And I probably wouldn't target him based on those injury risks and based on kind of the situation that he's in. Yeah, I mean, that's huge with the elbow surgery. But just his past injuries, he's had a lot of foot problems. He tore his meniscus in the 2016 season. He's had trouble with that shoulder. He's had shoulder AC joint sprain. So this seems yeah. like a risky pick. It really does. He's had some rib fractures too, I think. He ended up playing through those. But, but yeah, it's, he has been a great quarterback. But, you know, I think it, the game might be passing him by a little bit. So I probably wouldn't be targeting him. Exactly. Now let's move over to quarterback Carson Wentz. He's 27 years old. He's on the younger side, entering his fifth NFL season. He's currently going quarterback nine, according to ESPN. Do you want to take him at quarterback nine, or would you wait a little to take him due to his past injuries? So I'm actually not too concerned about him injury-wise. I know he had those back fractures uh, the year before last, and that's a fairly common injury for a quarterback. It's due to kind of that repetitive throwing motion that they have. It puts a lot of stress on those vertebrae, and they can sometimes get a little bit inflamed and even turn out to have a stress fracture. Something that's really encouraging, though, is the season after that, he didn't have any aggravation of that injury, and he threw for close to a career-high attempts. So he was kind of running at full throttle and didn't have any kind of aggravation of that. 
I know recently they said that he's out of uh, practice right now with a day-to-day injury. I mean, all these teams are kind of winding down their, uh, their training right now. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I think they're just kind of shutting him down just to get him ready for the season. Yeah. I mean, he had a lower body injury today, but it is important to mention for his fantasy value, Jalen Rieger went down and they're saying he's going to be out for a month to start the season. That's going to be a huge loss to his fantasy value. Don't you think? That is true. Actually, now, now that I'm, I'm kind of going off of my, uh, my analysis of Carson Wentz before the past couple of days, but I wouldn't actually target him after reconsidering it because I think two of their uh, offensive linemen are out for the season. They also have Jalen Rager, who's likely out for the month. I think he probably has a labrum tear, so his performance is probably going to be reduced. And there's a chance that he might actually opt for surgery even when he comes back if he's feeling a lot of aggravation. So kind of with all these recent events over the past couple of days, I would reevaluate my my choices to not targeting Carson once for this yeah. season. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Now, a question regarding Carson Wentz. Would you classify Carson Wentz as injury prone? No, I wouldn't. And uh, kind of the rationale behind that is that injury prone to me is if they have a very high risk like injury that has very poor healing. So some examples of that would be a Lisfranc injury or an Achilles tendon tear. A, uh, multiple concussions would also go along those lines. Carson Wentz's injuries aren't the type that really predispose him to be injured later on. And he, he hasn't had, you know, a terrible amount of them that have knocked him out for multiple seasons. So injury prone is kind of a overused term. Sometimes it's appropriate, but I don't think that's correct in Carson Wentz's case. Now, yeah, if he ends up having another season ending surgery, I'll reapproach that. But I mean, he's has struggled with injuries, but he's, he's also been a great quarterback in the NFL so far. So we'll see if he can stay healthy and play all 16 games for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Now to over to running back Dalvin Cook, 25 years old, entering his fourth NFL season. You know, he's going first round in most fantasy drafts, you know, but he hasn't played all 16 games once in his four, in his three-year NFL career. Are you ready to make him a first-round pick and be happy with that pick, even though he's had injury problems in the past? I'm not, but it's also, once again, not because of his injury. I was super high on Dalvin Cook last year as well, too. And, you know, he did end up getting injured at the end of the season, but the reason that most people were in the playoffs – that had Dalvin Cook was solely because of Dalvin Cook. So I don't know. I think that was kind of an equal trade. It was unfortunate that Madison also got injured because I think that Madison's a very secure handcuffer, Dalvin Cook, and he also has quite a bit of talent. The reason I'm a little bit concerned is because they didn't end up getting a contract for Cook. So there is a more than a decent chance that he could just play a game and sit out the season. So, I mean, if he was going in the second round, then yeah, I'd be okay with, him handcuffing him with Madison would be a must, but I don't think the risk is worth it in the first round. And now, last season he missed a couple of games due to the shoulder AC yeah. joint sprain, and then in college he also his he tore his shoulder labrum twice in 2014 and 2016. Now, what's the likelihood that he can reaggravate that shoulder injury and have another joint AC sprain? So the labrum is a little bit separate, actually. Okay. The labrum is a part of the shoulder capsule where the arm bone attaches into it. And the AC joint is actually where your clavicle attaches to your shoulder blade. So the injury from last season was a different injury from the one that he had in college. And AC joint sprains, the one that he had at the end of last season, heal back perfectly fine. And there's usually no kind of long-lasting consequences that carry over into another season from them. Okay. And now in 2017, you know, he tore his ACL 
as yeah. his rookie year. Do you have any concerns with that, his knee? Do you think it's all fine? Yeah, I do think it's fine. So I have a really big policy of not targeting running backs a year after their ACL. So the season after they've gotten surgery and all that, usually the reports are very rosy, but then they'll go out, go out there and they'll get a soft tissue injury or they'll tear a meniscus or they'll even re-rupture that ACL. But the season after that, assuming it wasn't a re-tear of the ACL, they usually show a really good return to pre-injury level, which we kind of saw the season after Dalvin Cook had his ACL surgery. He was really bad, didn't really put up very many stats and got injured and knocked out for the remainder of the season. But the following season, he actually was a workhorse and he put up amazing stats. That was last season. So I don't have any concerns with an ACL injury two seasons afterward. Okay, perfect. Now we're going to go over to running back Alvin Kamara. And you said you have problems with uh, picking players after an ACL tear. Now it is confirmed by Alvin Kamara that he tore his MCL last year. Are you staying away from him in the first round or are you confident that you could take him and he'll play 16 games for you? No, I'm actually more encouraged that he actually told us what happened to him. And the MCL is something that rarely and almost never requires surgery. And it actually heals really well, assuming it's given enough time to heal. Alvin Kamara obviously tried to return a little bit too early last season, and he was pretty, unfortunately, less effective than one would expect out of a top four pick. But with him having an, a significant amount of rest in this offseason, I don't anticipate him having any kind of issues with that MCL this season. So do you have any problems with his knee injuries? Because I know in 2012, his first year at Alabama, he had the red shirt, actually, because he tore his knee. And then in 2016, he had an LCL sprain. So are you worried that he'll re-aggravate like, some type of knee injury and even maybe even tear an ACL soon? No, I don't think so. Uh, there's not too much of a correlate. There's not really a correlation between t- uh, injuring these outside ligaments and injuring your ACL because your ACL is a much more sturdy ligament and it's uh, one of the main stabilizers of the knee, whereas the MCL and the LCL are relatively weak ligaments and they're pretty common injuries to get aggravated. Now, um, if he if he tore his ACL, then yeah, obviously I'd be more concerned. But yeah, the MCL and even the previous LCL injuries aren't really a concern for me. Okay, now, you know, with the fourth pick, there's going Christian McCaffrey one, Saquon two, and then Zeke three at fourth. It's between Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Michael Thomas. Which one of the guys do you like at four? I, I would actually argue Henry over, okay. um, over those picks just because he's got a monster workload ahead of him. I think they vacated 33 targets as well last year. And whoever they signed to back up Henry isn't really going to be taking all those targets either. Henry is young. He's someone that I think they're going to, they possibly might uh, work him to the bone like they did that Cowboys receiver that uh, led the league in points a couple of years ago. I mean, Cowboys running back. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what his name was now. But yeah, I mean, I would actually take Henry at that spot. And then if I had to pick between the people mentioned, you said Cook, Michael Thomas, and who's the other one? And Camara. Camara. I would probably take Camara. Uh, I'd go like Camara. Henry Camara. Yeah, I mean, Camara is great value, especially in PPR formats. Great receiving back. He had 81 catches in three straight years. Yeah. So we'll see if they can continue. Yeah, if we were talking about PPR, by the way, I would definitely take Camara. Uh, but if we're talking half or standard, then I'd take Henry. Perfect. Now let's move over to running back Chris Carson, running back of the Seattle Seahawks, 25 years old, also entering his fourth NFL season. He played 15 games last year. He got hurt in week 16, and he had a hip fracture. 
Are, are you still taking him in the late rounds? He's going running back 16 by ESPN. Yeah, so I am actually not very high on Carson. There's a couple of reasons because of that. So I'm not worried about the fracture. The fracture has had plenty of time to heal. I'm sure that bone is very sturdy by now. But the problem with hip fractures is you have to be non-weight-bearing, meaning you can't put any weight on that on that leg for about 8 to 12 weeks. So you can imagine that causes a lot of muscle atrophy and weakening in those quads, those hamstrings, the glute muscles, and it takes quite a, quite a significant period of time to get him back up to a pre-injury muscle tone. So you have to think that there's going to be a little bit of an imbalance as well, too, between the injured side muscles and the non-injured side muscles. And then there's a super crowded backfield there as well, too. They just signed, signed Hyde, who had his first 1,000-yard season in I think ever last season. And then they have Penny too, who's coming off of the pop at some point. I don't think he's any threat to take over because of my previous concerns with ACL injuries. But I mean, that's a very crowded backfield for Carson. So if he experiences any soft tissue injury, which I would put him at a decent risk of for the first half of the season, there's uh, some other backs there that will be able to kind of take over. And Carson's actually missed a bunch of practices recently because he's had some family drama and some deaths, unfortunately. So Hyde's actually been taking a lot of the first team reps, so he will kind of slide in seamlessly. Oh, well, wow. yeah, that's really interesting. So you're not worried about the hip fracture at all? No, no, I don't think there's any chance no, of him no. refracturing that hip, but I am concerned about hamstring strains, quad strains, and even some uh, glute muscle strains. Now let's move over to James Conner, who you said you have struggling with being confident in guys who have leg quad strains, you know, last season shoulder AC joint sprain and leg quad strain. Are you staying away from him this year too? Yeah, I am. I, I think that he's got a little bit of a durability issue. He hasn't really finished a season ever. And, uh, you know, he's had multiple injuries as well too. He's had that MCL, the AC joint, the thigh hematoma. He's got this downhill running style that usually results in pretty heavy hits. And I don't think he has, like I said, the durability to kind of maintain that running style. In addition to that, there's there's not really a great handcuff to him. I think they just came out and said recently that Snell was the number two back, but McFarland's there as well, too. So you're not really sure who you would take to handcuff him if you did grab him. And just in terms of kind of the Steelers, I don't know. I, I feel like they're, he's going to face a lot of stacked boxes as well, too. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's going running back 21. He does provide great upside. I mean, in 2018, you remember the season. He had a great season on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Great season. But, you know, in 2017 and 2019, that shoulder AC joint sprain, they said it's healthy this year. His shoulder's healthy and all. But does he have a chance to re-aggravate it and it be a problem later in life? I, not the AC joint because, like I said earlier, the AC joint doesn't have yeah. a huge risk of aggravation. But he just seems to get a bunch of these kind of nicked up injuries throughout each season. I think even the season that he beasted on, I feel like he dropped off pretty hard at the end of the season. Uh, and it seemed like he wasn't able to keep up with that volume that they were trying to feed him. So, so yeah, so Connor's not really anywhere on my target list. So what, what is as a result of the shoulder AC joint sprain? Like, why does it happen so often in the NFL? Is it the way they run? Like, is how is, like, why does it happen so it's often? It's the way they land. So usually they're, okay. it's to a ball carrier and they're holding the ball with both hands. So when they hit the ground, they're not able to hold out their hands to brace them at all. So they end up impacting the shoulder directly right at that AC joint and that causes the injury. So that's kind of why there's such a high incidence of that in running backs okay. and wide receivers and all that. 
and why you don't really yeah. hear about it in the other skill or in the other position players. Yeah, that's true. You heard it here first, guys. Dr. Nawa is staying away from James Conner this year. Now let's move over to wide receiver A.J. Green, <laughs> 32 years old, entering his 10th NFL season, man. This guy's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. What's the risk that he gets injured here in 2020? I think it's pretty high. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to say because A.J. Green's a phenomenal talent. And, you know, he's he's had a great NFL career, but he just has so many injuries. He had that turf toe with a surgical repair, which has a pretty high incidence of kind of lingering issues. He had a high ankle sprain in the other ankle, which is also a pretty high aggravation type of injury. Uh, he has a new QB in Burrow, and I think that Burrow is going to be a pretty significant upgrade, but Burrow is also going to be looking for that go-to connection, and I feel like he's going to rather take Boyd, who's a much younger receiver, and he can develop like a long-term connection with than he would with A.J. Green, who's significantly older, maybe has just like one, two more seasons in the league. So kind of all these other things, too. He's had concussions, hamstring injuries, all resulting in missed games. Any kind of one or two of those injuries would be mildly concerning, but all of them put together combined with his age, he's not really someone I'm targeting. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played all 16 games since 2017. He only played nine games in 2018, and he didn't play any last year. So I would also stay away from him. It's just that big injury risk right there, huge injury Definitely. risk. Now let's move over to wide receiver Tyree Kill, 26 years, old, 26 years old and entering his fifth NFL season. So last year, he had a chest sternum fracture, and he actually left practice early in training camp with that hamstring injury. Yeah. You know, he's going at wide receiver two to five. Are you still excited to take him at that spot, or are you going to wait a little longer? Uh, no, I'm pretty excited to take him. So he, he did have that sternoclavicular uh, joint sprain last year, and that is a very serious injury in the short term. It's actually life-threatening, depending on if the, the joint gets pushed back far enough because there's an artery right behind there. But long-term-wise, there's no re-aggravation risk of that. Uh, it heals back very stably, so I'm not worried about that at all. He did have that hamstring strain as well, too, and he's had some hamstring strains in the past, but he's just too much of a, too much of a speedster for me to think about passing him up in that chief's offense. And then also in addition to that, I think he's one of the few wide receivers that has a pretty solid handcuff in Nicole Hardman, who's basically free or in the late double digit rounds. So if I did pick up Hill, I would also pick up Hardman as well too. So you're not worried about that hamstring injury at all? No, no, I'm not. It seems like it was a mild one. And I don't know, did they say if he returned back to practice or not? Or I know they just stopped um, practices today. He, he's not in pads. He's just doing like some individual trails, drills, stretching on the sideline. Yeah. Nothing yet with the team, but... I'm actually kind of encouraged to hear that because hamstring strains need to be rest completely. And the fact that they're not rushing him back makes me feel pretty encouraged that he should have definitely enough rest by the time the season kicks off. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge loss if the, if Tyreek Hill cannot go week one, but he should be able to go. He's been stretching, getting that hamstring all, all ready to yeah, go. Yeah, make sure so that you get Hardman if, uh, if he's not. <laughs> yeah, if not Hill, take Hardman. He's a great option if Hill cannot go week one. Now let's move over to tight end Edwin Ingram, 25 years old, entering his fourth NFL season. He's had a lot of injury problems, but the upside is there. He's joined tight end six by ESPN, and the best pick, he's been taking tight end number four. But his injuries are very concerning. You know, are you – because with the, with the tight end position, it's kind of – you know, it's not always been the greatest position. Edwin Ingram can be a great tight end option in a weekly PPR format, even a non-standard PPR, 
in a non-standard league, but do you still want to take him as maybe tight end four through six, maybe even seven if he falls there? I would uh, I'd take him in, as tight end seven. I'd take him in the 10th round or later, but any higher than that, I think his injury risk is way too high. He's had multiple concussions, all of which have resulted in missed games. He had two MCL strains, and I know I said I'm not worried about that usually, but he had two MCL strains in the same knee across back-to-back seasons, also resulting in missed games, which is concerning to me because that shows that that specific knee might be a little bit of joint laxity just with how frequent they are and how close together in the same joint, same ligament. And then he also had a Lisfranc sprain requiring surgery, and I just said earlier how the Lisfranc injuries are really high risk and at a big risk for aggravation. So I just, uh, I'm not too high on him. I know he's a great talent and he's probably one of the top three, uh, three, four talented tight ends in the NFL. If he could stay healthy, I just don't think there's a good chance of him staying healthy. So now if you need a tight end late in the draft, you know, it's eighth, ninth, 10th round yeah. and everything you know, I'm still on the board. Are you going to take him? Yeah, I would take him in the 10th. Even with those injury problems. Yeah, I would take him. Yeah, you're going to take him? I mean, he has great talent, you know, and hopefully him and Daniel Jones can get that connection going. But according to Sports Injury Predictor, he has a 98% <laughs> chance of getting an injury in 2020. So, I don't know if it's that high, but, yeah, know. it's definitely it's definitely a risk. Yeah, and I think if Evan Ingram you know, misses some games due to injury, you got to look at, like, Hayden Hurst, the Falcons, and uh, Jack Doyle, even at the Colts. So there's some late sleepers for tight end if Evan Ingram is hurt. And he's your tight end going into 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's move over to our last injury-prone guy, you can say, is tight end Rob Gronkowski of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 31 years old, entering his 10th NFL season after taking a year off in 2019. You know, a lot of injuries from his forearm fracture to the back to thigh, lower back, sprain, everything. He's going tight end 11 by ESPN. What is the risk that he re-injures his forearm or his back yet again in another season? The back, I would say that there's somewhat of an there's a somewhat risk of that. We don't know what his back injury was, but back strains and all that, you know, they're they're a high risk for aggravation. The forearm, there shouldn't be any real issues with that. Uh, that one responds really well to rest and kind of prolonged immobilization, uh, prolonged therapy, and he, you know, he got a good amount of that. He's really old, but he's back with, uh, you know, his QB, who he's got a great repertoire with. Uh, he's going to be a good safety valve. If it's, I mean, tight end 11, that's that's pretty low down. I would be okay taking him kind of in the later later double-digit rounds if he, if he lasts that long. But, um, I mean, I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him earlier than the 10th or the 11th, honestly. So, again, picking him, Rob Gronkowski, is this a high-risk pick? You know, with his, inju- with his past injury? Yeah, I mean, co- compounded with the fact that he hasn't really played football, competitive football in over a year. So that's, uh, I would, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time to get acclimated and all that. So I'm not, I'm not super high on him. I'm not, I'm not targeting him, but that's a little bit more for personal reasons because I had him the last season before he retired and he like did nothing for me. I still managed to win that <laughs> season, but he put up zero points in the championship. So, wow. Wow. Was, uh, yeah, I can see why you're not. Yeah. Now, before we end our show, is there any other players you're staying away from due to injury this year? Any other players? Uh, sorry, I should probably thought about no, that earlier. Really. Spot like this, I know. It's just, just want to know if there's any other players you should stay away from due to the high risk injuries and all that. 
Yeah, so I guess we said that I'm staying away from Carson. I am staying away from Debo Samuels as well, too. I think that that list rank, or not list rank, uh, that fifth metatarsal surgery he yeah. had, I think that they're kind of rushing back. It sounds like initially he thought he wasn't going to be back for the first couple of games. Now it sounds like they're going to push him back in for week one. I think that it seems like a premature return, and he's at a decent risk for kind of an injury aggravation there. I was low on Geis, but Geis is out of the league now. So. Yeah, Geis is out now. I was low on him for different reasons. I didn't predict what happened would happen, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty low on him. And then, yeah, aside from that, you know, there's some other people as well too. I'm not not super high on Jarvis, not super high on Odell either. Yeah, the offense is it's very talented, but there are a lot of pieces for Baker Mayfield to spread that ball. Yeah, it really is. And I'm no longer very high on Le'Veon Bell, just with kind of all the issues that it seems like he's having with Gasse or Gas. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he didn't work out in Pittsburgh because he was great in Pittsburgh, and it seems he's going to New York, and it's just awful situation there yeah. for everyone, to be honest. Yeah, so, so, yeah, those are kind of the people that I'm avoiding as of right now. Perfect. So this will end our 12th episode here today. Hope you guys enjoyed this special episode. Thank you to Dr. Natwalk for taking the time to join our show. We wish you well in life, doctor. And hopefully we can see you one day on TV or something. Hopefully. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me on, Joey. And, uh, hey, thank you again. Yeah, take care. Don't forget to, yeah, take care. You too. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at flying and sports underscore podcast. Check back for our regular scheduled episode on Wednesday, where another fantasy football expert joins our show to give us fantasy football advice, focusing on sleepers and breakout candidates. We're flying in sports and we'll catch you on the next.